Magazines and Monsters, Episode 14, Savage Sword of Conan, Number 7, 1975. Man, you come right out of a comic book. Hey everybody, Billy D, a.k.a. Doc Strange here with another episode of Magazines and Monsters. My guest this time around is the host of the Coffee and Comics and Days of High Adventure podcast, Clinton Robison. How are you, Clinton? Good, Billy. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man, I love me some Conan, uh, and you love yourself some Conan, too. You know, sword and sorcery <laughs> is a pretty uh, pretty good genre, and I think Marvel did it some really good justice there in the Bronze Age with their comic and then their magazine as well. So um, I think I discovered the, the magazine before the comics, which is kind of weird, but I think that's actually how it worked for me in these uh, trades that Dark Horse put out in the mid 2000s there which is how i'm reading the story today that we're going to be talking about but what uh what's your uh history with uh conan uh let's see i probably f first discovered conan as the movie in the 80s mm -hmm. you know and just kind of went from there as far as the comics i would probably say i'm I saw Savage Sword and Conan Saga on the stands before I actually saw Conan the Barbarian. You know, the main yeah. main Marvel series. So yeah, I'm pretty sure I saw the magazines before I saw the actual comic. Which, of course, you know, to my young brain, I was just like, I don't want these. They're not colored in. They're boring. <laughs> wow, yeah, I was a dumb kid. Yeah, it's amazing the differences from when you were a kid, what you think about, you know, artists, artwork, and all sorts of different things than compared to when you're an adult, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, this one is, uh, yeah, Savage Sword of Conan, number seven from 1975. And this is a really interesting story. I mean, it's, uh, it's split up into like four parts. So it's a little bit longer of a story. And you're going to tackle the first two parts, and then I'll handle the second two. Uh, but it's a really interesting story, and uh, without giving a whole lot away, you know, Conan's on one of his adventures out in the middle of nowhere, I guess a desert somewhere, apparently. He's always seems to be either on a boat or in the desert. Um, <laughs> and, you know, he uh, runs into a rough crowd that uh, at first he can't uh, get the better of, which doesn't happen very often to Conan. But, uh, yeah, I really like this story a lot, and I know when you started your uh, podcast, Days of High Adventure, uh, I really took notice of that right away because anybody that wants to talk about uh, this genre, you know, sword and sorcery and Conan specifically or Call or any of those guys, I'm always up for that. So what uh, was uh, the impetus for uh, your uh, Days of High Adventure podcast? Oh, I, I've always loved like the fantasy genre. Um, I mean, I, I was born in 1980, so... I was the prime viewership for Masters of the Universe. So, you know, mm. anything with a barbarian with a sword is, you know, that, that's always going to just kind of like be instant. Hey, wait, uh, let, let, let's look at this. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we'll, we'll see if this is, you know, going to go anywhere. Mm. So, but as far as the, the podcast itself, like I said, I've just always loved the genre and, it really seemed like this was kind of like, well, I mean, it, it 
between fantasy comics and Western comics, it seems like those are pretty much the two really overlooked genres right now. Yeah. You know, everybody wants to talk about the superheroes, of course, and I do love me some superheroes, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Or people want to talk about, like, the more strange stuff you can find in indies these days. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, pretty much anything's fair game out there, but it, it just seems like people kind of forgot about the fantasy genre a little bit. So, oh, yeah. I do and think I get it's... It, you know, it's not everybody's cup of tea, you know, don't yeah. get me wrong, but but I love it, and... By golly, I wanted to talk up some fantasy comics, so <laughs> yeah, know, one thing mm. led to another. Yeah, I do think you know. Now that I'm thinking about it, I think the first barbarian character I ever saw was the uh, the cartoon Thundar the Barbarian. That's probably the earliest one I saw. Yeah, I mean, see it. Mm-hmm. You know, you. I know you and I are pretty close to the same age, so I mean, it. Like we're. We're pretty much just programmed with it from birth. <laughs> it was right yeah. there in the zeitgeist the whole time. Yeah, and that was a good show. I think uh, that was, didn't you have some, uh, was it, you know, I think a lot of the comic book guys that were involved with a lot of those shows early mm-hmm. on, weren't they? Like Kirby and Toth and yeah. people like that. Steve yeah, Gerber. pretty sure that was stuff. like some, yeah, definitely some Alex Toth in there. Yeah. Yeah, well, no wonder it was so good, right? <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, this, like I said, this one's uh, from the Savage Sword number seven, 1975, and it's called The Citadel at the Center of Time. And it is by writer Roy Thomas, uh, and the art is John Buscema and Alfredo Alcala. Now, you do get some people that get a little cranky. I've heard them uh, be about the inking of Alfredo Alcala just because it's he's a heavy inker. But personally, I do like his style. I mean, if I had to choose between him and, you know, like... Ernie Chan, maybe I would prefer Ernie Chan, I guess, but I do like Alcala as well. I mean, he is a very heavy inker, so you don't see a lot of the John Buscema, but it still looks really good, and I think it fits this genre really good. So, what do you think? I'd argue that you you definitely see John Buscema with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong, yeah, Alcala is definitely heavy on the inks, but it doesn't take away from the art at all. Mm-hmm. Not from what I'm seeing with it, but. Yeah, no, I think he added a good a good uh, flavor to it here. You know, I think he, his inks, the way he's a little heavier and what he does here and some shadows and things like that, I think it, it really lends itself to a title like this. Maybe not, you know, superheroes or something like that, but a sword yeah. and sorcery, it's pretty good. Yeah, and especially, you know, Conan stuff is not, you know, there there's rarely happy endings. There's just endings that Conan <laughs> lives through. <laughs> Yeah, the happy ending is he didn't get killed. <laughs> right. Yes. You know, sword and sorcery is, well, you know, it borders on dark fantasy. So, mm-hmm. you know, dark fantasy and dark inks could. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm no prize in it, but <laughs> isn't that what we do here? Yeah, for sure. We, we make up <laughs> some answers until everything works. Yeah. Yeah, this one it's a, it's got some wild moments in this one for sure. You know, it's a, we're going to talk about some of the specific things that happen in this comic, and there's some pretty wild stuff in here. But all right, well, why don't we get started here with uh, parts one and two if you're ready to roll here, and then uh, you can uh, get rolling with uh, your uh, thoughts on the parts one and two. 
Okay, well, I'm going to just combine parts one and two together here Mm -hmm. and give it the old Coffee and Comics uh, brief synopsis. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, we start off with a caravan trying to carefully cross the desert. However, they are soon set upon by Conan and his Zwagir Raiders. Yes, mm-hmm. folks, it's the Zwagir Raiders. And batting cleanup is Conan. No, <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, the, um, the raiding party, despite some resistance, has a little trouble with the caravan, but, you know, not much, you know. Mm-hmm. This is Conan, after all. <laughs> However, when one of the raiders uncovers the treasure that the ah, caravan seems to be protecting, uh, a new type of trouble is found. And it appears to be a saber-toothed tiger. <laughs> and this is the point where a lot of people would probably check out. Because they'll be like, wait, what? <laughs> no, 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 no. You're mixing everything. The creature, mm-hmm. of course, makes short work of that one raider and gives Conan a bit of a true run for his money here. But between the barbarian and a trio of archers, they finally manage to put it down. Conan and the raiders take uh, a certain surviving member of the caravan back to their oasis. Hint, hint. She's a she. <laughs> Where uh, Conan manages to learn from the lady in charge that the caravan, uh, you know, they, they've come to do a little bit of trading, get some stuff from a certain city and a certain citadel in a certain city. It seems that citadel in the city of Akbatana, about lost it in my notes there, sorry. But yeah, <laughs> it's Akbatana. Mm-hmm. That citadel somehow has access to strange and wondrous creatures like the fanged part tiger, part bear, as Conan calls it. There is a lone manservant who ventures out from the Citadel, and he is known to trade in amazing jewels that are unlike anything else seen in the area. This, of course, piques Conan's interest. But that's not the only thing that has piqued Conan's interest as he and the woman soon engage in other activities. (laughs) Although she insists upon remaining anonymous and keeping the veil on. (laughs) The next morning, Conan instructs his men to escort the woman to the nearest trading post and that no harm comes to her. Remember, Conan has a long reach. After a few days' ride, Conan rides into Akbatana. It's been a while since Conan has been in a city and enjoyed its pleasures. <laughs> he asks around about the citadel and the manservant, both to little luck, although he does hear from a local butcher that the dreaded Conan has made it hard to acquire fresh meat. He also manages to spy a giant crossbow in the middle of the city. which was apparently a gift from the Wizard of the Citadel, as it just appeared one night all on its own. Conan chooses to relax in a nearby tavern, where he picks up a little bit of information and a whole lot of the attention of a local dancing girl named Alhambra. Granted, Conan had to work for it just a little by flipping a coin directly into her cleavage. 
<laughs> of course, there is also a small altercation with some people who have it out for him. But trust me, this only takes up a few short panels. Because this is Conan. Alhambra joins Conan for a drink, and while listening to his attempts at flattery, she manages to drug his drink. But it still takes a frying pan to the head to knock him out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I can't that... get over that frying pan. That is that's yeah, hilarious. That's... That's great. Yeah, you would think like, you know, like a two by four or something. Nope, a <laughs> frying pan off of the, the counter there. Oh, that's so great. So, yeah, all oh, these first two parts were great. I mean, the, these first two parts are things you do see in a lot of Conan stories. You know, a lot of them mm -hmm. are a little formulaic, but they're still really good. And they always change the locales or, you know, this time it was a saber tooth cat. And next time maybe it'll be, you know, a you know, some other kind of like creature or whatever that he has to fight. But I do really enjoy that about Conan. And oh, my gosh, like you said, some of the <laughs> some of the stuff in here, flipping a coin right into her cleavage. That was uh, interesting. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. But I mean, like you said, this is pretty much typical Conan, especially plot wise. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. Savage Sword had had him leading the Raiders for a few issues now. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I really enjoy too. I, I don't know if they did this on purpose here, but Roy Thomas, he's being a little funny here. So when the uh, tiger comes out from underneath the uh, blanket and in the cage there and jumps on one of the Raiders and basically bites the guy's head completely off, it looks like um, Conan lassos it and says, Ho, you tawny devil. And I'm like, is this Mr. Talky Tawny from <laughs> <laughs> I had not thought about that. Captain Marvel? Here's Roy trying to be funny here or what? I thought, what? <laughs> <laughs> I did not put that together, but yeah, that is. <laughs> <laughs> but then, wow, look at that artwork where Conan shoves a spear through this saber tooth cat and it's still alive and really pissed off. And then a bunch of the other guys get their uh, bow and arrow out and the archers just, they put it then put it down with the arrows. But man, that is some great artwork there. That uh, saber tooth cat where he's getting shot with the arrows. Mm. I'd love Conan's description though. Part tiger, part bear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, he's going to get some real uh, funky animals to look at in this next part. Cause <laughs> there's even crazier stuff inside that. And then, Oh man, that panel. Uh, in the trade, it's page 398, that top panel where the woman with the veil is telling him about the uh, citadel or uh, ziggurat, as she calls it. Man, what a page there. Like, that panel is absolutely gorgeous. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I, I completely left it out, but, yeah, she explains that, you know, the, the, the citadel itself just appeared one night, that anything that was in the city underneath it just is gone. Mm -hmm. yeah wow i can i'd love to see if you could like find a uh original artwork without the lettering there the letter box is there you know what i mean oh the dialogue box if you took them away that would be such a neat looking that'd be like one yeah. oh that'd be one to make a print into or something that would mm -hmm. be so great wow and then of course yeah conan has to you know shack up with the uh, lady here although <laughs> she's the one that initiated it wasn't him he didn't even he didn't even really say anything to her uh <laughs> about that 
and she was like, uh, hey, how's it going, Conan? And he just gives her the <laughs> eyes. And, <laughs> and two creepy dudes outside the tent are watching. <laughs> Sickos. <laughs> One even has that big smirk on his face. <laughs> yeah, and the other one look, is looking down at him like, you creep. He kind of looks like Morgan Freeman, the guy, the taller one. <laughs> there he's looking down at the guy. <laughs> Too funny. Mm, man. But yeah, wow. Yeah, and then another splash page where it says, In the Shadow of Fear. And the uh, his uh, lady friend is going to go to the uh, trade post up north. That is an incredible splash page there, too. She's on a horse and the... There's a lot of detail in the horse and in the woman and the guys in the background there and Conan, like an incredible amount of detail there. Yeah, that that looks like it could have been like a Dungeons and Dragons house ad or something. Yeah, really. It's nice, really nice. And then, yeah, Conan, Mr. I'm going to, you know, put on a disguise. <laughs> he does that all the time, too. You know, his disguise yeah, I love is, his, you know, dis uh, his disguise yeah, is the same <laughs> as Thor's in Thor Ragnarok. He just wraps a little <laughs> tiny veil around kind of thing <laughs> well you know just or whatever but to be mm. fair no, you know nobody there really recognizes him as conan yeah and at then least he, like not in the actual city no and then he ticks off like when he first goes to that uh tavern there uh one woman comes over and tries to throw herself at him and he completely ignores her and really pisses her off and then uh, sets his eyes on the the dancer, the one he <laughs> throws the coin in her mm -hmm. <laughs> in her bikini top there. But um, got to have a brawl too, a good tavern brawl. You got to have one yeah. of them. <laughs> well, this is skipping back a couple of pages. But what do you think of the butcher? Oh, they got the meat cleaver. Yeah, yeah. He reminds me of somebody too, and I can't think of who it is off the top of my head. But yeah, he's a creepy looking dude. Hmm. <laughs> But yeah, I guess Conan's a, a cattle rustler at this point. <laughs> I mean, I guess if, if anything's moving across the desert and he, he catches eye of it. Yeah, anything he can make money off of, that's kind of how he would roll. Didn't matter what it was. You know, he's a pirate one day and a cattle rustler the next day because that's what it took to, to get some get his hands on some money. And then, yeah, that ending with that whole frying pan, that's just hilarious. That makes me <laughs> laugh every time I see it, because there's just one panel where you see the frying pan hitting the back of his head and him going unconscious. It's just hilarious panel. <laughs> mm. And then the woman by Ishtar, which is, you know, that's one you get from Conan every now and again, too. <laughs> well, I love it. You know, he's trying to shake off the drug. She, you know, she's basically roofied him and yeah, you know, and he's trying his best to shake it off. You know, do you feel any better? A little. <laughs> Wham! Yeah, they should. They needed a sound effect there, and it does look like the top of that panel is like just all white space, almost mm -hmm. like you know maybe they thought the letterer was gonna you know throw a, a sound effect in there, and he didn't. He kind of like missed it or something because it does look a little odd. The panel, if you think about it, all the other ones are you know. Well, if it had been like the the mainline uh, Marvel comic version, they probably would have. But you know, since this is Savage Sword, they really don't really don't add sound effects that much. Yeah, yeah, no. And you know what? They were shooting for an older audience with them, so that's mm -hmm. maybe that had something to do with it. I'm sure they thought maybe that was too uh, 
too juvenile or something, yeah. but I don't know. I'm 40 well, some years old. I would like it. <laughs> then again, you know, I say that and every bit of the attack with the uh, saber toothed cat has sound effects. <laughs> so mm-hmm. maybe I'm, uh, maybe I'm just grasping at straws here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The guy, the guy getting his head bit off screaming. That's hilarious. Yeah. That's a, that's nasty looking man. That's a nasty looking panel. Wow. All right. Well, all right. Let's get on to part two then here. I'm sorry, not part two, parts three and four, which is, uh, that's me here. I'm going to quickly synopsize those, uh, to get to the end of this one. And this, this is a wild one. So, uh, bear with me here, folks. And then <laughs> there are some, uh, wild names in here too. So I'm going to do the best I can. Like, don't, don't shoot the, the messenger here. If I'm <laughs> Charlie, you're like, Charlie, yeah, you're his, like, his name is Charlie. <laughs> his name is, his name is SSU. Let's just call the sorcerer. <laughs> or or Shum. Let's just call him Shum. <laughs> but um okay, so yeah, this was uh Sorcerer's Trove is the name of the uh part three here. And it says uh as Conan awakens to the voice of his captor, we see he's bound and in some sort of dungeon. Things get a bit testy between Conan and Alhambra, but then the master of the citadel. Shamash Shumyukin <laughs> arrives. He leads Conan through the citadel and shows him some of the oddities he's acquired over the years. First, a near-human ape, or so he calls it, then an entranced man of Egypt that should not exist for many centuries. Then he pulls Conan near a dark pit and with the light from a torch, shows him a monstrous beast the size of a house at the bottom of the well. The sorcerer explains that there is a well, and it is a time travel device that he uses. He needs people like Conan to trade for the hideous beast he has found and bound in the citadel. Shamash tells Conan and Alhambra that both of them are going to be tossed into the well this night. Conan breaks his bonds but is quickly subdued by the ape men the sorcerer employs. Shamash then begins to lower them into the well in a huge bucket, <laughs> <laughs> but a group of bandits enters the citadel and a huge brawl breaks out. Shamash shows Conan and Alhambra a way out, and the citadel then begins to crumble. Just as it seems as if everything will be okay, we see the monstrosity from the pit has survived, and it is not in a good mood. <laughs> all right so what did you think about this second half of the story oh man this is such a good adventure <laughs> from here mm. okay <laughs> i do have a few things to comment mm-hmm. first of all uh that poor wizard his half of his name sounds like it belongs in street fighter 2 <laughs> a konami game or something mm-hmm. <laughs> And speaking of sound effects from earlier, the the dinosaur in the well, gronk, gronk. Yeah. So is that? I'm not. I, I'm not a huge like. I love dinosaurs, but I'm not really into which ones call what. Is that a T Rex or is that an Allosaur? Because I know one of them has like three fingers, and the other one has like four or two or something. That is a Jumbusimosaurus. Yeah, I was just gonna say it's a made up asaurus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll just call it a Busimasaurus and 
well, it looks freaking scary. And it's at the bottom of this well. And Conan's like, holy crap. And there's a bunch of bones down there. Yeah. Like it's the, the wizard's been throwing crap down there for it to munch on. Everything he's got in here is scary, though. Yeah. Like I said, he has that like ape beast or whatever mm-hmm. the heck it is. It almost looks like a werewolf, to be honest with you. I just the way the way Busima draws him. It's like he's giddy about showing off everything. <laughs> yeah. You know, he leans over into that pit like, look, 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 I, I, I've got a Busimasaurus. <laughs> yeah, the guy's all excited to show off his uh, crazy monstrosities here. But yeah, now that I'm looking at that crazy human ape, whatever werewolf guy, he almost looks a little bit like Paul Nashy there, I think. <laughs> And then the Egyptian guy he shows him to. And that's one thing that had me a little thrown off because I always, I don't like where I can't place in my head, like the time period of when Conan and all were running around. Like I know Cull was pre Conan, mm-hmm. you know, before Atlantis sank, but like Conan, I can't think to myself, Oh yeah, that was like, you know, 500 BC. Like I don't, that's always a dark spot for me. And I know at some point the, doesn't the wizard say something here about how far in the future, yeah, um, yeah, that the pharaoh won't exist, or the kingdom that he's from won't exist for another 15 centuries. Yeah, holy crap, so that's going back there a while. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> I really don't not. know, yeah, exactly, <laughs> but it, I love it, though, like, they, <laughs> Roy Thomas very much puts a pin on it, you know, it's like, pins a rose, like, uh, you know, Stygia is Egypt. <laughs> you know, just, yeah, you know, that's it. That's, yeah, that's it. That's the tweet. <laughs> and then what do you think, too, about that one scene where uh, the sorcerer then is talking about, you know, things that are going to happen oh, in the future yeah. there? Woo. I love how Conan imagines it because that's that is the best he can do with the description he's given. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you then, almost see like those light Viking longships, like almost like a Thor scene where they're in mm-hmm. the air. Oh man, does that look great? The uh, the guy driving the chariot, though, <laughs> is it's almost comical. It looks like something out of the Connecticut Yankee and King Arthur's court. <laughs> yeah, that looks crazy, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, oh, but man. I mean, like I said, it's the most Conan can really understand based on all of the between the description and what Conan's knowledge is, he doesn't know what a skyscraper is. Yeah. His life experience. That's, that's what you're going to picture. And mm. that's, it's great. And then, well, man, that the following page there, Oh my gosh, where it shows that, uh, that well, that time machine type thing. Wow. Does that look cool? <laughs> yes. I, I love how it's just kind of like, don't even bother trying to understand why it's divided into 12 sections. <laughs> it's like, clearly the Zodiac. Yeah. And he's like, couple of times he kind of makes mention of like don't even i'm not even going to explain it to you because you're too dumb Conan. yeah i'm like wow <laughs> okay not to like you know venture completely off sideways but do you get the feeling like if conan like like if this story were printed now the way they have done conan in marvel like being able to exist side by side with the avengers and everything else do you kind of get the feeling like this would have been Kang? Oh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just like, nope, oh. you're too dumb, but I'm still traveling through time. <laughs> uh, yeah, or uh, uh, what was uh, Kang when he was the Egyptian guy? Uh, oh, Ramatut. Yeah, Ramatut here. 
<laughs> yeah, that would make more sense. Yeah, to be that's great. Oh man, yeah, but oh yeah, this artwork is crazy. Like some of like even the small panels, you know, the on page four fourteen there where Conan's breaking the. They have them tied up. I don't know what this. There's probably a specific name for the way they have them tied up here, and I'm not sure yeah. what it is. But they have his, you know, arms behind his back with like a a log back there and all tied up, so you know you can't really move. And uh, wow, look at that panel in the middle there on the right of Alhambra, her face there. Oh man, that looks mm-hmm. beautiful there. And then the eight men on the next page. <laughs> that looks great. They're really pissed off. I love that one. They're like they just want to like kill somebody. <laughs> And I mean the way they're they're all posed differently too. They're, it's not like you just copied the same, you know, two or three looks. Like they're all manner of creepy, crazy. Yeah, some of them look more like humanoid, and other ones look like you know Crow Magnon. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, yeah, wow. And then yeah, like you said, as you go on here, you see. Uh, oh, here's another panel too. Page four seventeen. Wow, is this panel great. The one where the sorcerer is his own ape men are going to attack him because I guess they're not easily controlled. Mm-hmm. And he he puts his hand out and some kind of crazy magic spell like fire starts emanating from his fingers. Like he's got little flamethrowers yeah. on the ends of his fingers. I'm like, yeah, whoa. It, it looks like basically, yeah, like everything from the, that middle knuckle on down just has gone into ghost rider mode yeah like it's crazy yeah he's all johnny <laughs> johnny storm flame on now yeah it's wild like, and he looks really like evil look on his face while mm-hmm. he's doing it too. and of course they're afraid of fire because you know they don't really know what fire is because they're you know just dumb eight men or whatever you want to call them <laughs> <laughs> they kind of back up but yeah, and then <laughs> I thought that one scene was funny on 418 and the next page where Conan and Alhambra are in the giant bucket. It's going to lower them into that yeah. well. <laughs> well, it's a well. It's a well. A well has a bucket. Oh, man. It was great. I'm like, look at the two of them just shoved in there like all cozy. <laughs> Too funny. You know, in that, that panel on 418, she kind of looks like Elvira. Oh, yeah, yeah, a little bit. That's funny. Yeah, her hair's all, like, poofed up, and mm-hmm. she's black hair, and she has a little thing on there. Yeah, that's funny. I'm surprised Conan didn't say, well, if I'm going to go out, let's, you know, get busy here in this bucket. Because <laughs> that's usually the second thing on his mind after money, you know? I mean, it's mm-hmm. like money and adventuring, number one, and, you know, uh, betting the ladies, number two. That's kind of how Conan rolls. But, oh, yeah, and then the, those crazy uh, guys come into the, citadel and they uh, get more than they bargained for but man and there's conan as they're starting to get lowered into the well on 420 there you know his mind starts to wander and you know maybe uh even the effects of the the well are getting into his brain and he sees all this crazy stuff like the he sees backwards in time of atlantis sinking and the great cataclysm as they call it and then he starts to see egypt and the dinosaur age wow that's really cool yeah, I mean, this is kind of some heavy stuff right in here. Yeah. Really, really good stuff. I mean, you know, stuff like that's not unheard of in, like, the, the Robert E. Howard stuff at all, but mm-hmm. it's just it's very... Well, I mean, like you said, they they were aiming for a more adult audience and stuff, so 
you know, can you imagine re- reading this as like a seven year old going, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I can't even imagine having this because if my mom would have saw how this lady was dressed. That that, that would have been the end of this magazine. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> I would have been punished and this would have been somewhere else. It wouldn't have been in my collection. <laughs> and it, and honestly, this one's not even uh, as racy as some of the Conan mags, but no, not even close. Far. Yeah. Oh man, yeah, but those uh bandits that get into the ziggurat here, they're a trip. What is there like five or six of them? And right mm. away a couple of them, I think Conan might kill one or two of them and the other three or four or whatever take off. And the sorcerer is like, Don't worry about it, Conan. They're they're dead as they're as good as dead anyway. And you see one wanders into a room and the eight men, like a bum half a dozen of them pounce on a guy and I you know he's gonna get his head smashed in with their uh clubs. And then to one other guy walks in to another chamber and it says a second may encounter a treasure you've not seen a great cave bear such as earth has not seen in many age it's like whoa and i think i can't remember what the name of it is but there was some kind of giant bear what the heck was it called back in those times uh there's a specific name for it i can't think of it off the top of my head but it was a humongous bear just know it is Wow. Yeah. I, I mean, it. I would have expected it to be a little larger, but then again, you know, they don't have a, a whole lot of panel space to make it that much larger. Yeah, it's really big and it's really pissed off and it just bites this dude or bites his head off or bites mm-hmm. his heart out or something. It's really creepy. And then, of course, the the human, the half human ape, which, like we said, looks like a werewolf. It jumps on this one. Poor sap. Looks like the guy has glasses on, too, by the way, in that top panel. Twenty six. <laughs> Yeah, he's got like little like little John Lennon glasses he has Mm -hmm. on. He gets uh, torn up. And what does it say? I've not yet learned fully whether he is an herbivore or a carnivore, but I suspect I shall soon have the answer to that. And he's on top of the guy probably eating him. Oh, Mm -hmm. man. And then and then and then what comes next after that? Wow. (laughs) Well, you're neglecting to mention the the ape man booty. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Those are some muscular glutes. His hairy, his hairy arse there, yeah. <laughs> that ape dude does not skip leg day. Mm-hmm. No, he's ready. He's 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 got a little junk in the trunk there, but <laughs> man. And then the next yeah, panel's the, there. Oof. Yeah, that pterodactyl. Mm. That is, you know, guest appearance by Sauron. Yeah, but not really, because that dude is. Man, it, if there is a way to die, it happens in this, I do believe. Yeah, it's really wild. What does he say? He's fle- His fleeing motions, the sky running, will startle the beast as much as anything. Still, the creature will know food when it sees it, no fear when it smells it, and that will be quite enough. And you just see it jumping on this guy, and I don't know if it's going <laughs> to poke his eyeballs out of his skull or what. Well, Conan pretty much sums it up right in the next panel. You're a cold-blooded <laughs> one, wizard. <laughs> yeah they they sort of come to an agreement it's funny because they realize they're all kind of screwed here and the sorcerer he's got a plan in the back of his skull about what he's going to do so he's just like you know hey i realize the crap's hitting the fan here so there's a secret passage for you and the girl to get out of here so take her and hit the road and conan's no dummy you know the ziggurat starts to collapse so he's like yeah let's get out of here and one more of those eight men try to attack him and he chokes one and looks like he's going to cut the other one's head off and him and the girl run and 
can bust a move right out of there. But then, like I said, it's, <laughs> everybody's like, "Well, the thing's falling," and it's like that's the uh, the least of your worries because now the John Buscema Rex or whatever we're calling mm-hmm. them, John Buscemasaurus here <laughs> gets loose and just starts going like berserk here, picks a guy up in its mouth like a Harryhausen flick and starts <laughs> chewing on him. <laughs> Mm. I hadn't thought about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Mm-hmm. This is just like Guanji here, and then the, the uh, Alhambra. She's like really freaking scared, so she jumps on a camel and tries to take off. And Conan's like, "No, get off of that!" You know the, the Busema Saurus is going to see that and just think it's food, and the animal starts going wild and getting scared and kicks her off. And the next thing you know, the the poor camel gets killed by the Busemasaurus here too, and then Conan's throwing rocks at it to get mm. its attention. <laughs> no, they call it a dragon. The dragon, they call it. Mm. <laughs> and of course, you know, you've got Chekhov's gun right there in the middle of the city. Mm, yeah, too funny, isn't it? It's like the foreshadowing earlier there. Look at this giant crossbow that could, you know, Kill an elephant. Well, here comes something, you know, resembling an <laughs> elephant. But I like the guys that were right by it. They're too scared. So they just run. And Conan's like, no, you idiots, don't run. Let's get the uh let's get the crossbow set up here and kill that big thing. And they're too afraid and run away. But he swings his uh sword and cuts the rope and man, that huge crossbow, a huge arrow on it, and it goes right through the dinosaur's mouth out the back of its head. Oh, man. I know, it's, it's almost comical, but at the same Oof. time, man. <laughs> it's nasty. Yeah. Now mm. we see it in its death throes there, and then we go switch back to the inside of the ziggurat where the uh, sorcerer is scheming, and he's just like, you know what? I don't would rather not be crushed uh, by this uh, falling stone. So I think I'm just going to dive head first into <laughs> the uh, the time traveling well here. And he jumps in and that's the end of him. We don't see him anymore. <laughs> yeah, you're you're not sure where or when he ends up or if he even survives. Yeah, I mean, that would be something interesting. No, I mean, I don't know if that character ever popped up again, but think about it. You could use that character anywhere. In the Marvel Universe, or Conan, or Cull, or wherever, because he could have ended up anywhere in time. Mm, and then how about that last page? How funny is that when Conan takes off? And then that very last panel, it's like a half-page splash. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, and you got the butcher guy sitting there ready to, to make dinosaur steaks. Yeah, he says, anybody want a dino burger? And you have, like, three or four kids playing on the dead dinosaur, like using him as a slide. Mm. <laughs> but before that, um, you know, Alhambra survives the whole ordeal just for Conan <laughs> to turn around and betray her. Rat her out, yeah. Yeah, just be like, <laughs> oh, hey, you know, all these people that have been disappearing in the dead of night. Yeah, she's totally been dr- drugging them and taking them in there for sacrifice. Thought you guys might like to know. Mm-hmm. Yep, and then they grab her like, uh-oh, she's not going to see a good end. And then she tries to rat him out and say, but this is Conan. This is the guy everybody's after, and he has a price on his head. And they're like, yes, yeah, sure he is, lady. <laughs> mm, too funny. They believe Conan, but they don't believe her at all. So that's kind of an interesting <laughs> part there. But, yeah, he rides off then. But, yeah, that, oh, man, that last panel is hilarious. 
Mm, wow. Yeah. So awesome. Awesome issue. Yeah. I could these, I have uh, the first two trades only. I wish I could hunt down the rest of them, but I only have volume one and volume two. It's are these, is that the only one you have one or do you have some of the other ones? Uh, let's see. I have one, three and 22. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? They're probably all out of print by now too. So they're probably a yeah. pain to get. Yeah. yeah, they are. Cause these were printed back when dark horse had the license. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah. And Marvel's releasing those massive omnibus hardcover editions. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So yeah, I'm sure these are really up there in price. Although, you know what, once Marvel gets a bunch of the material out, it should drive the price back down then of these black and white ones. Cause you figure people are more going to go for the color probably. So maybe mm-hmm. I can get my hands on some more of these. Cause I do have some of the Savage sword magazines, like maybe like 15 of them, but they're hard to come by for a decent price and in decent shape. And I don't, I'm not real, you know, choosy about condition. As long as it's complete, I'm pretty good with that. But man, even some that are complete in pretty rough shape, mm-hmm. you know, you, they'll go for 10 bucks a pop. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, most, most all my Savage Swords are just reader copies. They're going to, they're already looking rough when I get them, uh, you know, which is fine because like you, I just want to read the story. I don't, I'm not looking to make it pristine and everything. Yeah, I'm not a condition but, guy. I just want to read them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in the past, I've managed to look onto some, well, I, as cheap as a dollar even. But, yeah, you're oh, right. Oh, wow. Yeah, mo- most of these will go on, go for, you know, eight, ten bucks on up easy. Especially later on when it starts getting lower print runs and that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think I have maybe a couple of the lower numbers. But then a bunch in like the 30s, 40s, and 50s, and then a couple in like the 80s or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, and then I don't know. Like I really am a huge fan of the Roy Thomas and John Buscema, you know, team for Conan. Whether it was the magazines or whether it was the color comic. So when it's not those two guys behind it, it kind of th- loses a little something for me. And it's not to you know say anything bad about whoever the creators were on the issues that don't have them on, but. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It does kind of lose a little something for me. What What do you think? Um, yeah, in a way. But then again, I'm a huge fan of the uh, the Christopher Priest run on all of this stuff. You know, for, for those that don't know anything that's listed under Jim Owsley, that's that's Priest. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that that dude had a long, pretty good run on both uh, the. Conan the Barbarian and Savage Sword, and those are some really good stories. And but then again, you'll also find other other little things like I'm, there's a few Paul Dini's in there. There's gosh, I don't know. There's there was a lot of people that worked on Conan over the years, but Please. I mean, how could there not be? Yeah, that the regular color comic that was like. What was it 200 and some issues? I think 275 issues or something like yeah, that. Something I think like it ran. That. Well, yeah, Savage Sword ran like 235, something like that. Yeah, it was. People don't realize how popular it was. I mean, it, they just think maybe it was popular when it first came out in you know early 70s, but it, it held its. You figure through some really thin times where yeah. they were cut, cutting titles and cutting this and cutting that. It Conan still made it through, so you knew it was a good seller. Yeah, that that color comic had about a 20 year run or so that's yeah 
I mean, think about that's that. crazy. <laughs> Red Sonia had like three series in there and didn't manage to, <laughs> to come anywhere close to that. Yeah. Well, speaking of Red Sonia, so how about your show, Days of High Adventure? I know you have a, a Red Sonia. I think that was your last uh, episode you had out, wasn't it? Yeah. As of this re- recording, yeah, the re- uh, Red Sonia Volume Two, Issues One and Two. Which cool. promised a third issue that never showed. <laughs> yeah, Marvel had a habit of doing that at certain points. They'd say, this is what's happening next. And I'd be like, yeah, they'd cancel it. <laughs> Which is weird because, you know, Volume 2 was came out early in the year. And then by, by fall, Volume 3 was coming out. And it's like, you could have just said we really delayed <laughs> Issue 3. But... I mean, it was a whole different creative team and everything, whole different directions. Yeah, that's wild. You always wonder, like, sometimes, like, you know, some of the Tomorrow's publications will tell you some of the back matter there of what was going on. But I think some of it's just lost in the lost Mm -hmm. in time. But, yeah, some of those decisions you're always thinking, what the heck are they thinking? Why did they do that? That makes no sense. (laughs) (laughs) Well, all right, buddy. Well, how about you? Uh. Plug uh, before, your shows here. Yeah, Go ahead. Go I'd ahead. love to. I just want to say one more thing on this. The uh, the story in all this, you know, involving the well and everything, it gets brought up again in an issue of What If. Oh, wow. Yeah, the first volume of What If, number 13, What If Conan the Barbarian Walked the Earth Today? Oh, yeah. Roy, you know, uses <laughs> this story as a springboard. You know, instead of them escaping the bucket... Uh, Conan and Alhambra get lowered down into the well, and Conan materializes in, you know, 1970s New York. Oh, yeah. See, I do remember that story, the the him being in the modern times, but I didn't realize this was the vehicle that they used to get him there. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. I'll have to look that up. Wow, that's wild. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah you can even find a, a cheap copy because it was one of those $1 reprints that they did a couple of years ago. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, I'll have to grab that then. Because those, even though I can still, there are some stores I've been in where they still sell them for only a buck or two bucks or something like that. So I'll definitely have to grab that one because I don't really have many what if issues. I have, I think the only one I can remember, I know I have for sure off the top of my head is it's the one where I think it's Lee and Kirby. And it's what if like the Marvel bullpen was the Fantastic (laughs) Four or something. And it's absolutely absurd, but I like it. It's funny. (laughs) <laughs> oh man i think there isn't sue richards flo steinberg and mm-hmm. kirby lee and i'm trying to think who's the other one? Oh uh, gosh oh um, you know what it's probably saul brodsky i think isn't it yeah i believe so <laughs> yeah that one's hilarious that's that's the only one i know i have right off the top of my head and i'm like yeah, i know i have that one and it's hilarious <laughs> that was a good job on that one i think most of them I don't think most of them they played for humor, but I know they were going for it there, obviously, and it worked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean that Conan one. It's there are humorous parts in it, especially since there is a, a reference to Conan looking like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, that's great. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, you know, there's also a character in there that's named Danette, and it's like really Roy. <laughs> how many more times can you insert your wife into comics oh wait i know a guy who's doing an all-star squadron podcast that, uh-huh. that probably knows exactly how many times oh yeah you know it's <laughs> those guys are always doing like 
you know, naming conventions and slipping names of friends and wives and husbands and everybody else in these books. And, you know, sometimes you just pass right over because you don't think anything of it, you know, or sometimes like, gosh, when I read some of the things when I was younger, it just went right over my head because I didn't realize, you know, it's not like you had the Internet to say who was this guy's <laughs> wife or, or this woman's mm-hmm. husband, whatever. You didn't have that stuff at your fingertips like you do now. So it went right over my head. But, yeah, Roy was he was always doing sneaky stuff like that. I love it, though. <laughs> okay, so, yeah, why don't you uh, give us a little sneak peek here? What are you going to be doing coming up on uh, Days of High Adventure? Is there anything you can let us in on here? Uh, well, at at this point, um, upcoming on Days of High Adventure, the next episode will actually be a Conan book from the uh, the color run. Nice. You know, uh, going to be covering the Tower of the Elephant. You know, an adaptation Ooh. of Robert E. Howard's story. So, wow, gonna, that's a good one. Yeah, gonna be some good stuff. Uh, after that, I usually kind of just uh, play it as far as what the you know what's in the short box over there. But mm-hmm. um, just to let everybody know, as far as what's in there, there's stuff like uh, Dungeons and Dragons comics. There's the record of Lotus War manga. There's, of course, plenty of Conan. There's always plenty of Conan. Uh, <laughs> you know, a few piratey kind of things. Just, just all kinds of stuff in the fantasy genre. Um, you know, there, there's a, a couple of things that a uh, few listeners have requested that will definitely be coming up. I don't want to give away too many spoilers. Because, no, no. Yeah, yeah keep, you got to yeah. keep some of them. <laughs> yeah, there, there's a few people who who kind of w- want to be guests and talk about certain things. And I don't blame them because there's some good stuff in there. And, and you know, by far, I'm not, not the end-all, be-all expert. People have introduced me to some stuff from just from this podcast. And, you know, I'm discovering new stuff. Everybody listening is discovering new. Well, not everybody listening, but you know, some people listening are discovering new things, or might have been familiar with a few characters, but not necessarily some of the stories. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, for anybody out there that's never read, you know, any sword and sorcery, Conan specifically, whatever, do yourself a favor, grab a trade or even a single issue or two if you're at a show or a shop and they have a sale, and you can, you know, grab a couple because. They're well worth it. You know, everybody has their every title's had their high points and their low points. But, you know, especially Conan at Marvel, like we said at the beginning of the you know recording, that was pretty strong material all the way throughout, no matter who the creative team was on it. But, you know, I'm, I'm partial to the Roy Thomas and John Buscema partnership. But mm-hmm. even uh, like we said, other other creators were on there and did some good work as well. So definitely try it. Yeah, and I mean, like, if you're coming at it from the superhero genre and you think, oh, you know, this really isn't for me. uh, I mean, these are the larger-than-life characters of their setting. They're not necessarily superheroic, but, you know, they're definitely superhuman compared to other people. They don't necessarily have superpowers, but they might come across things that grant them a power for a time or the way they use their natural abilities can, can kind of seem like a power. But, and besides that, Batman doesn't have powers and he's got like 27 books out there. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, just think about that. <laughs> so, you know, there's, there's always that. Yeah, we'll probably have 30 by the end of summer. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, buy some, try some sword and sorcery instead of buying, you know, a 30th Batman book. Definitely, definitely give it a try and definitely give Days of High Adventure a try. And then so what about uh, Coffee and Comics? What's cooking over there? Is there anything uh, you can tell us about that one? Um, Coffee and Comics usually is pretty random there. Um, I mean, as far as like being at the mercy of a long box or a short box. Wow. Yeah. Coffee and comics is usually whatever <laughs> strikes my fancy um, at the time that I'm recording, and and I definitely will uh, be honest in my reviews on that one. There there are some things that have not set well with me at all, but they're usually short and concise. You know, something that can fit into the span of time to have a, a nice little coffee break, and you know, I just. I find it the, the short format with that kind of works a little better. People, people can just kind of relax, you know, listen to a, a short podcast and be like, oh, yeah, maybe I do want to check out that issue. You know, that random issue of Green Lantern from 30 years ago. Or maybe I don't want to go back and read this issue of The Avengers from 1994 because things happened. I, I'm not even sure if it was the year I was actually thinking of, but, <laughs> but there was definitely an issue of the Avengers that I was like, new, throw it away. <laughs> throw it away. That, yeah, that's kind of how I roll with my blog. I'll just look around and grab a, an issue out of one of my boxes or look at one of my trades and be like, start reading it. Be like, yeah, I got to talk about this. That's kind of how I roll there. I mean, it, unless it's like Halloween or something and I'm trying to do a theme, it's, usually fairly random for me doing that as well i kind of like that you know just jump around different genres and stuff like that and you know if if neither one of those things is to anybody's taste and if they're not then i don't know why you're listening to this podcast but right <laughs> yeah you know if for some reason neither one of those is to anybody's taste i do actually do a third show over on the Longbox crusade network called fan film fridays where oh yeah uh, I and a guest take a look at, you know, just different fan films that you can find online. For those that might not know, fan films are basically fan fiction in film form. That's the easiest way to describe it. They're just those little non-theatrical movies that people put together, put up on YouTube. They're usually 30 minutes or less. Some are uh, much, much more. But there are definitely some gems out there, and there are some... Uh, diamonds in the rough we'll we'll call some of them but <laughs> yeah you know there's some very creative people out there that you know they uh they have some good ideas and then they uh slap it down and put it out there like you said on youtube or whatever and it's interesting yeah there's some uh, some definite uh, things to see about that so yeah, yeah. definitely listen into that one too because that's a uh, that, that's a good way to see if you actually want to <laughs> invest <laughs> a, half an hour into it yeah and i mean there are there's ones out there pretty much for every aspect of fandom. Uh, the closest to what would be relevant to this, um, uh, Rick Heineken and I looked at a Predator fan film set in the Dark Ages. Oh, wow. And, I mean, we 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 had some highs and lows with it. It, it wasn't a perfect, uh, perfect film by any means, but it wasn't a terrible film by any means either, so... 
I mean, if that just gives you one clue of the the vast amount of stuff that's out there, there's there's probably um, you know a hundred Batman fan films for every book he's got on the stands right now. So, <laughs> but aside from that, there's a Star Wars. There's I'm sure there's some Conan ones. I just haven't really sat and looked for them. There. There's some really great Star Trek ones out there. There's mm. uh, Tomb Raider. If if you're a fan of Tomb Raider games, there's good fan films out there. There's an incredible Spawn fan film that is all of like 10 minutes, and it tells you such a great story. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, like everything out there, people are just so creative, and I, I cannot even begin to fathom how they can channel some of this and create what they do. But, but I I've gone off, you know, off the path here. Sorry. <laughs> no, Hey, it was all part of the, you know, the, the yeah. shows that you have going on. So it's yeah. all good. <laughs> I, I'm waxing cars that, you know, I don't even know these people, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll have to, I'll have to check that. That predator one sounds pretty cool. I'd like to check that out. Yeah, I can I can hook you up with a link here in just a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Send that one to me. So, all right, Clinton. Well, I guess I will let you go now. And uh, I want to thank you again for being on, man. This was a blast. Hopefully, uh, in the future, maybe we can talk some more Conan or Cull. Or I did actually finally uh, get myself uh, a couple issues of another uh, sword and sorcery genre character that is a big. Uh, uh, my buddy Herman is a big fan of, and that's Elric. Um, I had never read that oh, before. Yes, yes, yes. Elric. Um, I, I finally managed to get a full set of one of the, the stories. So, yeah, that Elric is definitely on the list for Days of High Adventure. Yeah, I think I got like a, is it Pacific Comics maybe put out something? I think it's Roy Thomas and P. Craig Russell. I think mm-hmm. I got like issues one, two, and four, or one, three, and four, or something like that. So I'm going to try to hunt down the rest of them. Yeah, uh, and, and be careful, you know, because... They did several um, little minis adapting the different stories, the novels. Mm. So Okay. I'll have to make sure I check the, the volume numbers and all that <laughs> stuff so I actually get a complete story. But, yeah, I just flipped through it quick, and the artwork looked pretty neat. I mean, P. Craig Russell's a good artist, so it's not like you're going to go wrong with him and Roy Thomas. You know, we've been uh, tooting his horn here the whole time because he's awesome. So, all right. Well, like I said, thanks a lot, Clint. I appreciate you being on, buddy. And then hey, uh, I appreciate you having me. Yeah, this was a blast. So uh, I'm going to let you go here, and then I'll jump back in to wrap things up in a minute. All right. Don't go away. Thanks. Between the golden age of Atlantis and the rise of recorded history, there were ages undreamed of. Hither came heroes and villains possessing swords and magic, whose deeds became tales and legends. I have come to relate these sagas. Let me tell you of the days of high adventure. Days of High Adventure, a new podcast discussing a variety of comics that fall into the fantasy or sword and sorcery genre. Available on most podcast services and Anchor FM. Okay, everybody.
everybody. That wraps up episode 14. Uh, once again, I want to thank Clinton for coming on the show. You know, he's a good dude, so definitely check out his uh, podcast, uh, uh, Coffee and Comics, and the Days of High Adventure, and Fan Film Fridays. You know, they're all on uh, Apple Podcasts and all your normal podcatchers, so definitely check that out. I'm definitely going to try to get another movie uh, discussion out here with my buddy Herman sometime in the very near future. Hopefully the next episode, episode 15, will be that. And uh, after that, I'll hopefully be able to get back to rotating, you know, movies, then comics, then movies and comics, and we'll see how that goes. So in the meantime, uh, everybody uh, have a good one and be safe out there. Bye. Between the time when the oceans drank Atlantis and the rise of the sons of Arius, there was an age undreamed of. And on to this, Conan, destined to bear the jeweled crown of Aquilonia upon a troubled brow. It is I, his chronicler, who alone can tell thee of his saga. Let me tell you of the days of high adventure.